Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Trying to try told him I'm a beast, blood. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day, and we got two special, special young ladies in the house with me today. We have Miss Lamara over here. How you doing, Lamara? Good, good. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, this one's going to be cool and new and exciting. And, and uh, we have the boss lady, Alyssa. Uh, Alyssa is our, I call her like the, the CEO of the good news. So <laughs> she runs, we, we started years ago. The vision was to have a news kind of feel and channel for our agency, you know, I used to look at some of the news out there and, you know, a lot of it is, is what's going on in the world negative, but you know, there's so much good going on out there. So I used to yeah. tell people like, man, we should have a news station. That's all the positive news, go out there and find what's going on. What's good with people. And, uh, and so I said, well, I can't control that, but I can control this. So we're going to start the good news here in our agency. And, uh, she came highly recommended, uh, one of the, top tier students out of Youngstown State came here to work with us and uh, in less than two years has literally uh, revamped and made such a huge, huge impact on our social media, on all of our media outlets and uh, runs the runs the good news. And so today we said, why don't we switch it up a little bit? Alyssa is going to be the point person of this. I'm going to sit back, relax and hang with my friend Lamara and she's going <laughs> to do the interview and talk today on on the grindcast yeah well thank you for having me and and i'm really happy that my first introduction to the grindcast is with lamara because my career i love the, the one thing i love is just talking to people who have extraordinary stories mm. so when you gave me the opportunity to be here it's like wow what another like what a great opportunity so you know lamara i want to i want to start by asking you just you know, you, you are our house recipient. Mm -hmm. uh, so tell me a little bit about that process from your perspective, you know, how you got introduced to us and, you know, your initial thoughts when you heard right. you won the house and everything like that. Um, so honestly, my story about getting out starts way before I even yeah, got you, the house. Let's, let's maybe go back <laughs> a little bit too and even just talk about yourself in general, like, okay. you know, career, whatever you want to touch on, just kind of give us a little introduction to, to who you are. I can't How wait for people be? to hear it. I, I yeah. remember talking to her for the first time over the phone. I was sitting in the parking lot of the, uh, of the mall here, the Ross, Ross Park Mall when, when I spoke to you for mm -hmm. the first time. And I was like, just blown away. You know, I knew right then and there, that's like, this is the one that's that, that I'm wow. supposed to connect with right there. So looking forward to hearing even more of that story. Well, I'm LaMera. Um, I grew up in McKeesport, a little bit outside of the city of Pittsburgh. Um, I grew up with to a single mom. My father was killed when my mom was pregnant with me. So it was just her um, raising us, me and my brother. Um, I have two older brothers, one from my mom's side, one from my dad's side. Um, I have two beautiful children, a daughter, Anaya, who is 10 years old. I also have a one-year-old son named Josiah. Um, and I work as a uh, workforce case manager, so I help those who are low income um, kind of get acclimated into the works, work field um, and kind of prepare them for um, the workforce. So whether that be um, providing case management services or just kind of doing like professional development coaching, things like that. I just got a promotion, so I'm also oh, doing marketing development now too, so that's exciting. Um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. So let's kind of go in from from there to the house and kind of how you got 
introduced to us and, and how that relationship came to be. And I want to hear Simon's perspective on it too, because really just a little backstory, mm -hmm. since I've been here in, in 2020, this is something we've been talking about. Wow. Like I've heard this project being played out for two wow. years now. So I know it's huge on your heart and, I, and just so, so yeah. take me from your perspective of how this came to be. And I want to hear Simon's too. So I, I actually just recently had to tell somebody my testimony about the house, and I was kind of just thinking about, like, where do I even start? Because there's a lot to my story. But I think the house specifically, that part of my testimony starts in 2019. My daughter and I were baptized. Um, everything was kind of going well. I had the job that I really wanted, working in real estate. Like, everything was kind of going well. I was actually about to start a new job and things like that, and we were in a car accident, like, days after we were baptized. And that kind of was like a punch in the gut for me because I had just kind of came out of a space where I was um, kind of growing and healing from my past experiences and I was excited to just kind of live honestly um, and so I was just excited but we got into that car accident and then that kind of just took the wind out of my sails for lack of better words um, I was like extremely discouraged and I kind of went into this funk for about a year and some change um i couldn't walk really for six months and then six months after that car accident i was in another car accident um my daughter tore her kidney and so there was just like a lot of things going on even spiritually for me that i was just i was just kind of done at that point um and i remember just kind of saying to god that i don't necessarily know what i need or what i want but i just knew i needed something different like because i had just got baptized and i was encouraged but then that happened so i was like okay god I just need something to kind of like light that fire in me again, for lack of better words. Um, and so, unfortunately, you know, I was in that funk for a little bit longer than I thought I would be. Um, my son was born in 2020. And I remember when I had him, I just was determined to get out of that space. Um, now having two children, I just felt like they needed me to kind of find a way to come back to a healthy place mentally. I was battling with like postpartum depression and like mental health stuff. So I started having people pray for restoration. They were like, well, what does that mean? And I'm like, I don't know. I just need restoration. Like I just need all things new. I just need a fresh start. And so that's that was the prayer starting in August of 2021. Um, I started praying, just God, just I need a fresh start. I need a fresh start. Again, not really knowing what that would look like, but having faith that it would look like something. And so months later, my pastor told me about um, a connection that he made with, I guess, uh, pet Pastor John, I think it was Simon's pastor. Um, and he was telling me that there was somebody who was just looking to bless somebody for Christmas. At this point, honestly, I had no idea it was a house. Like, no idea at all. I was excited anyway because I'm like, I was praying for a fresh start. I was praying for new beginnings. I was praying for restoration. So even not knowing what it was, I was excited. There was just this level of, like, hope that I kind of saw, the light at the end of the tunnel. And so I just was telling people, be praying. They were like, again, what are we praying for? And I'm like, I don't know. But there's somebody that's looking to bless somebody for Christmas, and I just need a blessing. And so fast forward to the first phone call. Um, there was just something in my spirit. I was like, this is like a like kindred spirits almost in a sense. Like, it 
was just, I just, I don't know. I kind of just felt like the presence of God, like even when I was talking to him on the phone. Um, and I just, I don't know, something, something just in me, just, I don't know. So they mentioned that it was for a house and I just about lost my mind when I got off the phone, if I'm honest with you, because that was the first time that I had heard that it was a house. So I got off the phone and I'm like, whoa, Lord, that's not necessarily what I was talking about. But if this is your will, then wow, essentially. Right. So fast forward um, a couple of weeks later, I talked to Simon again and he told us that we were actually the recipients of the house. And for me, it was I had to go back through all of that time that I just told you guys about, because for me, like I said, it didn't just start at last year or it didn't just start with the house. Like the house is like a combination of prayers over a span of like five years. And so it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. I'm grateful. And you mentioned like the, this kindred spirit feeling, mm -hmm. and I know you've said something similar to me too. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear this from your perspective as well. Yeah, so it was, you know, for us, when you first came in, it was like a vision first of like, all right, we're going to do something big. You know, we do all types of cool contests here, and, and uh, you know, we've where our salespeople win, you know, a bunch of money. We gave away a car, you know, recently, and I'm like, man, what could we do together if we were just to focus on something that ain't got nothing to do with us prospering? It ain't got nothing to do with a sales contest ain't got nothing to do with us winning anything but how about we see what we could do blessing somebody else and uh what could we do that's big and and for me it became a, a house was the first thing because you know that was so significant to my mother and i you know before i knew lamara was a single mom i was raised by a single mom and uh the first house i grew up in was you know we sold it it was a hand-me-down from my great great grandmother who we lived with she passed mm -hmm. away and uh, gave us that house and we eventually sold it going into my freshman year of high school and we got $11,000 for the house on the east side of Youngstown. And uh, from there we bought our first house that we actually like owned. You know, my mom was so proud, you know, the years of struggle, you know, to have a, a kid that's 14 years old, you just now wow. getting your, your first home, five minutes outside of Youngstown, Camel, and uh, bought that house for I think $36,000. And uh, one bedroom, one bathroom, uh, no finished basement, no garage. And uh, we ended up making my room, the, the attic upstairs ended up being turned in, into a bedroom. But I remember as, as small as it, as it was, to me it was like such a big deal, you know, mm -hmm. as a kid. Like, man, we actually got our own spot, a little bit safer than we were before. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had my own space, my own bedroom, and I remember that whole feeling. So I'm like, man, I just, I think that that's the, the thing that came to my mind. And so then we went to all these different outlets and ways to try to drive uh, traffic and applicants of like, who are we going to pick now? You know, who do you give this to? And I got, you know, people looking at me, friends of mine, you know, looking <laughs> at me like, you know, I need a house. <laughs> you know, I need some help. You know, I've, and it's like, man, this ain't for you. You know what I mean? I could just, without even talking, I could just pick up the vibe of like, how about me? You know, it's like, no, nah, I didn't want to know this person at all. I didn't want to have nothing to do with it. And, and because, you know, like you, you say it goes, man, it's just goes way back five years. It goes way beyond the house. It goes started way before that. Well, I, I feel the same way, you know, that this wasn't a me thing. This was a, what God has done, you know, in, in my life and in, in, in our organization and our agency, 
I didn't want it to be somebody that I knew. I wanted it to be somebody that we didn't know. And it wasn't me. It was our whole agency had this, had this vision. Everybody kind of supported this and, and wanted to do something like this. And, and uh, so then I reached out to Pastor John because I had like, I got overwhelmed, you know, with, with all the people that wanted this, you know what I mean? And so I started to ask for his advice and, and I told him the area and the location because a friend of mine, Josh, uh, Adamic went out and find, uh, found the place. That's what he does. You know, he finds homes, uh, at, at good value, looks, looks at them and says, man, if we put some money into them, it'll be worth, you know, way more. And, and, uh, he really does that for people that are looking to invest. So I'm like, man, could you do this for me? Uh, and here's what I'm trying to do. And I know he would do it because he got such a good heart. He's always willing to, you know, help. And so he's, he found this, this place, this, this home. And so the, we were kind of tied to that location, that area, so then I had to find somebody in that area. So it, it helped to shrink down the amount of people, right, applicants down. that we had. <laughs> right. And uh, and we still had a good amount of applicants, you know. And, and there's probably people out there right now not blessing me, you know what I mean, right now. Like, man, it should have been me. But mm -hmm. Pastor John, as, as I started to look through and read through some of the stories, I'm like, all right, these are the couple people that I'm going to talk to now. Because I, I kind of got a vibe for who they were on paper, you know, hearing uh, from others. And so I'm like, I'm going to start talking to people now. And, and when I, when I spoke, uh, to Lamera, it was like, man, I knew right then and there, I felt that same thing. You know, I felt like this is the, this is the right thing to do. And it didn't have to be a single mom, you know, but that kind of put it over the edge, you know, for me. And then she's such a, uh, well-spoken, you know, as you see classy, you know, young lady, a lot of times you hear people, you know, that are, that are getting help you know, in, in some area and you think of somebody that kind of, uh, is like demeaning, you know, it's like, they don't have much or they're not doing much. Like this was the, this wasn't the case. Like this girl was moving, growing, spoke really well, spoke better than me, you know, over the <laughs> phone. And, uh, and I'm like, man, this is what I wanted is, is to give somebody a hand, uh, up, not a hand out. And, mm -hmm. and this is, I could tell she just needed a little launch pad, and that she's just destined for, for so much greatness. And that's why I was thankful for, uh, Lamera's spirit. You know, I told her in the beginning, you know, I, I, if she would have told me, man, I, I just don't want to talk about it after this. I don't want to be on the grind cast. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to talk to the agency. You know, I don't want to be on the video, you know, and I, I told you the whole time, I'm like, just make sure she knows, like, she ain't got to do none of this stuff. Right. Um, because it was never really about, man, truly was just never about the, like, man, what could we get out of it? You know what I'm saying? Cause there's a lot of other ways I could have tried to get things out. It wasn't really get out of it. It was, it was more to, to, to inspire other people and inspire, inspire our organization on what an impact we can make on other people's lives. If, if we really come together and do something together, because the mission is, you know, what can we do now? We want to become a bigger organization so we can make a bigger difference. You know, what about, what if we could do 10 homes, you know, for people mm -hmm. one day? What if we could buy a, a block, you know, one day and, and, and help out a bunch of people and literally change it, change the community? I don't think we're that far off, you know, from doing something like that. And so I think a lot of that is, is exposure. You know, before I learned how important it was to give, somebody taught me by showing me. Uh, John Maxwell says leadership is caught, not taught. And it's by mm -hmm. what you do, not always by what you what you say. So I thought our people could learn and grow. It would make them a little bit more passionate to want to be a giver by actually seeing the person. A lot of times you give to things and it's like by faith. And and I love that. 
But when you can actually see a person and say, man, this is right. this is actually where this is is going, it, it'll inspire more people. And, and that's that's what we wanted. That's what we wanted to do. And uh, I can't stress to to people enough that, you know, and, and to you how grateful that I am for you to to, to to share your story and and, and uh, take it, you know, the right way, because and I want to make sure you know that it's like. I ain't looking at, at, at you as, as somebody that like you didn't, I mean, you appreciate it, but she didn't need it. You know what I mean? She needed it, but she didn't need it. Like she, she's moving, she's moving. She got her stuff together. She got, she got, she got some support. She got a head on her shoulders. She got talent. You know, she's, I can already see where, where, where she's going. And so that's the, the perfect type of person that we wanted. That wasn't just going to sit on it. And this is it, you know, for them. And this mm -hmm. is like, this is a launch place that, that LaMera is going to have. She's going to do big things. And, and uh, I just love being around, you know, around people like like you. So I'm just I am tr just just grateful, you know, mm -hmm. for that spirit. And, you know, I would say just hearing you both talk about this whole experience, it seems one thing that really stands out is your faith and how you were able to kind of be resilient through mm -hmm. these hard times, car accident, postpartum depression, et cetera, mm -hmm. because of your faith. So, you know, I'm just curious, like what initially brought you to your faith and, and why is that so important to you? Um, I grew up in church. I think, you know, I always was exposed to it. My mom is actually a reverend, so I was in church my whole life. I remember sleeping on the pews growing up. But I think um, my own personal relationship with God started after, honestly, a really bad breakup in, like, 2015. Um, I kind of got to the point where I was like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. There has to be more to life than this. Like, I literally remember that day like it was yesterday. I was like on my knees in my living room, and that was like my first actual experience like with God um, on my own because, you know, we can live through like our grandmother's faith or like our parents' faith, but after a while, it's like you have to kind of develop your own relationship, your own story or testimony with God. And so for me, that's kind of where it started. Um, I think after that, it forced me to be honest and be vulnerable with God. That was never something that I was taught. I was kind of taught that some big man in the sky, you just are obedient, like, but he wasn't reachable or attainable. And so for me, he became real in that, in that season of my life because I was honest. It didn't feel good. And, and he accepted and embraced those moments like where I was like okay I don't want to pray right now like I'm frustrated I don't understand why life is hard right now God like I grew up knowing you growing up in church why am I going through this like and that was my process and I think I had to go through that because now coming like the resilience comes from the fact that I'm honest with God that I'm honest about what I go through I think one of the echo chambers you might hear if you like interview people that know me is that I'm extremely vulnerable and it starts first with God and then with people vulnerable with God vulnerable with myself and then being vulnerable with other people um and so that was something that I had to I had to develop I'm still learning that um but I practice so like if like in my anxiety I was telling Alyssa that I really struggle with anxiety but in those moments recognizing that I can say okay Lord I'm a little fearful right now um and I don't have to feel like there's this expectation that okay you need to pull it together you have to get yourself together um and so that's kind of how my faith journey started yeah like allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling yeah. and work through it mm -hmm. and and you know I know that there's a lot that you've overcome in different ways and do you want to maybe just give some advice to people out there who are going through a season of adversity and, you know, somehow need, you know, maybe a, a way to see through it from from your perspective? What would you tell those people? 
Um, first I would say to feel. Like I would say start there. Allow yourself to feel what you feel. Allow yourself to um I like to say you have to feel in order to heal because for mm. me that was my story. Mm. Like I, I had to allow myself to like lean into the pain. Um, as difficult as that was. And I, my advice would be to do that in the safety of like people that you trust or community that is safe. Um, that's not something that I would make, recommend doing. Like if you're battling with like a lot of mental anguish, I would say do it with somebody, but allow yourself to fail. Um, allow yourself to be vulnerable first with yourself and then with God and then with other people. I think also recognizing that everything that we go through it all truly does work together for the good. Like I try not to be too churchy, but Romans eight twenty eight talks about all things working together for the good of those that love God. And so for me, um, the with th what that looks like, me being like a visual learner, what mm -hmm. that looks like is I think about my grandmother. She used to make like these blankets and she would have like all of these different pieces of blanket. Like there would be like the pink part, then the purple part, then the white part. And then I remember her just kind of stitching all of those different parts together. And at the beginning, it didn't look like a blanket or it didn't look like whatever it is that she wanted to accomplish. But the, like as she just kept stitching all of those different pieces together, it then was something that she was able to give like as a blanket for her grandkids something that now we enjoy something that now we we value but it took all those different pieces in order for her to get that that one big blanket and so that's kind of how I equate Romans 8 28 everything that we go through in our life is a stitch it's just a small part of a bigger story it's just a very very small part of of your of your purpose and so for me I would say that's my advice to to know that um, there's not one thing that's going to be wasted. There's not one thing that you go through that isn't going to be used to either help somebody else or grow your faith or make you better. And so I think that um, just kind of go through, grow through the process, um, grow through the process, let yourself fail, be vulnerable, be honest, find a counselor if you need to. There's so many different um, things right now. This is just like a shameless plug, but there is so much free mental health services right now. Um, and so that's my encouragement to like find people that you can count that's on. Great. Do you know um, of a place that do well, you know better help? Better help is, um, one that's offering free counseling services. Um, for those who like meditation, there's an app called balance that's offering, um, a one year meditation app. Um, there are so, when I say so many, these just, are online, these are all so virtual. You don't even have to like go and find someone. Absolutely. And, because yeah. you know, that's why a lot of people, especially right now, we're in a pandemic. But on top of that, people are not as comfortable talking to somebody maybe face to face. So I love the fact that now there are a lot more options for people to get help yeah, um, when, when they're going through things. When you're online, too, you're able to find more people around the nation. Because if you're yep. only looking at the people and we're in the Pittsburgh area, you might be limited to, you know, only right. those people. So it's just it's it expands it even more and and what are like some things that have kind of made you go into this this mindset like what are some things in your life that have just kind of shaped who you are I would say losing my father like I think my father being murdered before I was born impacted me in ways that I'm still unpacking um I think you know, my mom being a single mom and having to work as much, there was a lot of things that I had to teach myself that I had to like learn on my own. Like I was a runaway. I was in and out of placement growing up. Um, there was so many things that I experienced, but I think 
I think coming out on the other side of that gives me more of an empathy for other people. And I know that's not necessarily what you asked, but I just wanted to say that too because I've gone through a lot, but it gives me a, a greater level of understanding of why people might react the way that they're reacting or feel the way that they feel. It gives you just a deeper level of compassion too, mm -hmm. to recognize like you just never know like what somebody is going through. And when people talk to me and I start sharing my story, they even say to me like, I would have never known that. And I'm like, you never know though, right? Like even right. person in the grocery store, the person you might walk past, like you never know what people go through. But those are some of the things that um, I've gone through. Having a child, you know, my daughter, I was seven when I had my daughter um, and so even that kind of forced me to have to grow up in ways that I maybe didn't wasn't going to grow up in and so yeah that's another connection you know that I found from her when, when, when we had spoke and uh, was was that her father was murdered when she was when her mom was pregnant with her that's that that's a Maya story that's that's my goddaughter's story who lives with me I consider her my daughter she's 19 you know years old right now moved with me when she was in eighth grade mm. and I was in her life the whole time. Her dad was one of my best friends and was murdered mm. my freshman year of college. Wow. And so I haven't really found anybody like her until her, you know, I never, and then to hear from somebody of like, man, I'm still, I, I know there, there's one person right there that you guys would just hit it off. And her name, her name's Amaya. She has Anaya. <laughs> you know, her daughter's Anaya. Now you got Amaya. <laughs> right. You got Amaya and Anaya. And, and, uh, but I think you would really enjoy Amaya. She would really enjoy you and, and really to hear from somebody that has kind of started to unpack right, that because right. that always is, is something I thought about of like, man, how much could it really bug you if, if you, you weren't even necessarily here yet when your father was gone? And there has to be a bunch of emotions that come with but that that only somebody saying? that can relate to. Honestly, what you just said is why it took me so long to unpack it because I was under the impression like how could you miss something you never had or how could you mourn the loss of something that you never was able to really, you know, have a relationship with. But I think our identities come from our fathers. And so when we lack that, you know, you tend to try to look for anything to try to, you know, fill the void or find some type of identity. And that was my story for a long time until I recognized what the root of it was and so when i say like now i'm still unpacking mm. it it's because there were behaviors and things that were that were taking place and thought process and things that i had that were all wrapped up in the fact that i lost my father and didn't have that relationship so yeah yeah and i know that there's a lot of younger people who listen to this podcast high school things like that mm -hmm. and I, your story just the, the theme throughout is just kind of self-reflection and, Absolutely. you know, doing the inner work. And I would say to anyone out there, especially younger people, like it doesn't matter where you start, you know, or it doesn't matter what you go through. It matters, you know, how you grow through it. And, you know, something I, I want to touch on too for Simon is, you know, there's a lot of people from the outside looking in who look at a situation like this and what we're doing with this house and, and think, you know, how can I get involved with something like that or how can I do something like that within my own community or you know whatever even if it's on a small scale so what you know advice or guidance would you have for those people um I think people get um paralysis of what they can't do you know typically they have this vision of man, I, I can't do something as big as I would want to. So let me get right first and then I'm going to be a giver. You know, let me, 
get my stuff in order and then I'm going to be a giver. And, and I would just tell, you know, people what I've learned is that, that you give where you are, what you have, you know, of, of, you know, if, if you're not going to give a dollar out of $10, what makes the Lord think you're going to give a million out of 10 million. And, uh, it's not always money. It's time. It's, it's, you can give energy, you can give positive love, you can give words, you can give your time at a, at a local charity nonprofit. And, and being that I've, I've been a part of, of starting two separate, you know, youth programs for inner, inner city youth, it's a lot of help that's needed. And, and, uh, yeah, money's needed, but man, it's a lot of times it's just a consistent, reliable right. person that, that even if it's once a month, we know that one person is going to be there once a month or, if it's once a week, we know that one person is going to be there once a week. And and just having a consistent, reliable person that's willing to show up a couple hours a week or a couple hours a month really, really does more for some of these places that go that, that help and serve so many people more than people think. And so people would analyze that and say, man, I can't give 100 hours of this. I can't give 30 hours. I got my own this. I got my own that, you know, going on. Let me wait till I get right, you know, before I can give some time to anything else or let me, man, j just, uh, I would just encourage you, uh, to give what it is that you do got, you know, what you do have, whether it's $5, five minutes, five hours, 30 minutes, you know, to something, because not only will it, will it help impact other people, but you'll end up just blessing yourself on accident, you know, from it, the, the things that I've received from helping, you know, these kids and, and being a part of other people, cause it's not just me, it's a group of people, that make that happen. Uh, the, the, the blessings that I've gotten from it, the joy that it's brought to my life, the it's helped me mature and grow in ways that I never, never would have expected. They've done way more for me than I have ever done, you know, for them. So that's, that's what I would say. Get involved locally, especially locally where you're at something that's close and, in, in, uh, something that's inspirational or something that, that you're connected to may not be what I'm connected to find something that, that inspires you and, and go out there and, uh, and help somebody. Yeah, and I know this relationship isn't one that ends after today or after, you know, you get the house. I, know this I told her she that, was stuck with me. She <laughs> yeah, thought I was playing. that's what he told me, too. He was like, <laughs> she, we're going to be, you know, friends forever after this. And, you know, it, it's so apparent that this relationship was formed, uh, you know, not by accident at all. So thank you both for having me. It was a so pleasure to be on the Grindcast, Simon. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you, Lamara. I appreciate you, you. and, and – uh, you're stuck with me. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day.